I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. This is the Online for Authors podcast. Thanks for being here. Welcome to episode 17, Growing Pains in Leadership with Wes Kowalczyk. Wes is an author, speaker, and a coach, and he is part of the Business Impact Coaching and Consulting Corp team. He's passionate about helping business owners improve their businesses, about improving our economy, and about doing good, because it's good for business. He has 25 years of management, strategic, and executive experience. His entrepreneurial spirit started early with his first business, which he talks about in the interview. After 40 years for businesses, he wants to help entrepreneurs, young and old, to build and grow their businesses successfully through the experiences, tools, and wisdom that he has gained over the years as an entrepreneur. He's passionate about his family and his favorite pastimes, helping businesses succeed, supporting adolescent addiction recovery center, four by fouring in his Jeep, and competitive shooting sports. Wes, welcome to yes. the podcast. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for having me on. I'm really excited about being here because it's about collaborating. If we can collaborate and make a difference in the world, let's make an impact. I love this. I love this. I was given your cash flow creation book. Tell me a little bit more about how that came to be a part of your world. I'm a serial entrepreneur. My first business was when I was 10 as a paperboy carrier in Calgary. I carried the Calgary Herald probably about two years. The challenge I had with that is I did a great job of doing that. And it was truly a business because I'd actually buy my inventory from the Calgary Herald, and then I had to go collect from my clients. If I had enough money left over, I could go buy more inventory. The problem was there was a convenience store at the end of my paper route. And on Fridays <laughs> and Saturdays, when I was collecting the, the coin, <clears throat> they were all too happy to alleviate me of my profit. So happy you lasted two years. I think I lasted two weeks. Do you remember that bag we had to put over your show and the wagon you needed to do that sort of thing? I never had a wagon. It was the bag. I carried that oh. bag. That's probably why I got as big as I am today. Cause I had to Friday and Saturday. Um, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> there was days mom and dad had to lift the bag up so I could stand underneath it. Right. It Wes, just... I still have this from. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. We started out in the same place. It is. It really is. But fast forward a whole bunch of years, in 2005, I started an oil and gas business, which was my business number four, Western Canadian Containment, a division of GeoViral Energy Services. And the reason why we had to go with that GeoViral Energy is because I started it as a division of a company that my ex-wife and I had. And when we got divorced in 2007, uh, we severed that tie. I kept the oil and gas company and and we grew that actually into, into a multi-million dollar firm. But we had some challenges. It wasn't without challenges. And there's a reason why I'm bald. <laughs> I banged my head on a lot of brick walls trying to figure out. I think part of it is, and a lot of us entrepreneurs have have big egos. I started in the oil patch looking at the ticket that I was getting signed 
by the consultant. And I'm going, I just got to go buy a truck and put a sign on my door and I can get this. Yeah, I'm doing this. See ya. I went out and started my own business. Four years later, I'm banging my head on the wall trying to figure out how to stop the guys from forgetting stuff when they get out the site, how to make sure the guys get paid on time, how to make sure I got enough money in the bank to pay the guys. And it was just driving me nuts. We were about 700000 in revenue. And I heard this ad on the radio said, how would you like to double your revenue this next year? And I'm driving the truck down the road and my hand goes up in the cab of the truck. Too many seminars, Wes. And so I pulled over to the side of the road. I got the coach on the phone, paid for the coaching. We did a lot of late nights. We we flip charts in the living room, whiteboards, the weekends. And in that four months, we unpacked what our message was, unpacked how we needed to market it. Mm-hmm. And it went from doing sales one-to-one to one to many. And we doubled our revenue that year. In fact, then we took it and we doubled it again the year following. So we went from 700,000 to two and a half million dollars in 24 months. And that was in 2012. And we were on a roller coaster ride. We were enjoying it. It was fun, uh, making tons of money, spending tons of money, right? Because I yeah. didn't have a wealth manager on my team, didn't have the right accountant on my team. And when 2015 came around, right? Prices, poof, tanked. So did our business. Two days before Christmas, my wife and I declared personal bankruptcy. Ouch. That was probably one of the darkest times of my life. Yeah. Uh, Having to sit down and tell my son that we had to move out of the the 2,500 square foot home we had in Silverado and say, we're moving in with your cousin. We did. We moved in with my sister-in-law and her family in their three-bedroom condo. And we lived there for a year because it was, I mean, it was tight. I, I was in the process of starting another business. Uh, it was called Fontis Environmental. We were a wastewater treatment company mm-hmm. doing industrial wastewater reclamation because all the fracking, we mm-hmm. figured it'd be a great thing to do, but the timing was absolutely wrong. So it's actually still sitting on the shelf. I might unpack that one and bring it back to the market at some point. So how the book came around is four months after going bankrupt, I'm trying to find work. I'm trying to put money into our pockets, put food on the table. In 2016, the outlook in Calgary was brutal. of downtown became vacant. It was tough. I couldn't find a job. I applied for all kinds of jobs, probably 300 resumes uh, from the president of the AER because I had an environmental background. What a good place to work, right? Yeah. So AER is the Alberta Energy Regulator. So they're the the government entity that regulates everything to do with energy and oil and gas sector. And so I applied for that job. Didn't even get a thank you for your application letter. (laughs) Just silent. Ghosts. All the way down to driving a truck on the ring road, to building a new ring road. I couldn't even get a job doing that. And I call it divine guidance. You know, I'm a believer. And divine guidance, after all of those resumes, two companies said, we want to interview. Funny thing was, is both those companies were coaching firms. Wow. You wanted to take my, my knowledge, my wisdom, my expertise that I'd had growing that oil and gas business and help other businesses do that. I'd never thought of ever being a coach. But when I walked in the door of the first firm I went to do the interview at, they had 14 points of culture on the wall. Mm-hmm. Ten of them were mine. Oh. I'm going, that's kind of coin. And it's funny, I'm, I'm reciting this. And, and the hair is standing on the back of my neck, just thinking about how how guided that was. For I was going to tell you, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it's so powerful because when I got into working with them, I started to realize there was some things that I did wrong in my oil and gas business that caused it to tank. When I started looking back, I started looking at, okay, what are the big things? And the reason why I come up with a book, cash flow creation, is 
two things I found that were probably the most important that caused me to go bankrupt. The one is I didn't have consistent cash flow. Okay. That leads to I did not have the right financial understanding. So reading my financials, my profit and loss statements, yep. when I looked back and did the research in 2014, there's little red flags showing up. So uh, these little red flags started showing up, but I didn't see them until it was way too late. And then we couldn't do anything about it. We went under, we we're close to a million dollars we owed. My goal is to pay all of that back at some point here. I think bankruptcy, not only can it be avoided, it should be avoided. When you're a business owner and you have morals and you have ethics and you're honest, that's your name involved there. And you don't want to be the guy or the gal saying, geez, I went bankrupt and we went off and started another business and and you, that one goes bankrupt. And then you- Not only is it not a good way, but I know people who personally are in that space where they too feel like they wish they could pay it all back and have been in a situation where that just hasn't materialized yet. And it's daily painful for them because that overshadows everything that they do. And oh, you, know, you want to take failure to a new level when you're dragging others in. It's very yes. hard. I think the reason why you and I are talking today is so that I can share a little bit about my story mm-hmm. so that business owners can see bankruptcy is not an option. It should never be an option. There's ways to prevent it. And that's why I wrote the book. There's ways to prevent it. You have to create predictability in your business. And there's five ways to do that. There's five things you actually spend time on. It's in the, the first chapter of my book where we talk about the five ways to grow your business. You talk about getting more leads, yeah, converting those leads to more clients, getting those clients to come back more often, getting them to pay more money for the service because they love what you do and you add more value. And then of course, how do you manage that profit? What do you do with it? And I, I had to go bankrupt to learn that stuff. How come I didn't know that before? I would have avoided it. Once you have that predictability, you can scale your business to any size you want. And success for every business owner is different. Some business owners just want to have their mom and pop shop and have it run flawlessly and they take the weekends off, go do what they want. That's success to them. And that's awesome. And there's other business owners that are frustrated like me that want to go out and change the world and they can't figure out how. It's because they don't know there's predictable ways to do that. And there's a system involved. And that's why I have this program here to help educate business owners about what they don't know that they don't know about growing a business. Yeah. So this is great because learning curves and self-improvement are like walking all over you. (laughs) Oh yeah. If there was a picture of determination and never quit, I've had friends that tell me that my picture would be beside that in the dictionary. I don't, I don't have a quit attitude. If I get knocked down, I I get back up and fight. With not knowing the right way to do it, I just lean into it and go bull strong and try to, you know, force my way through something. Then one time I had a mentor tell me, he goes, like, what are you trying so hard? Why don't you just back up and go around it? And I went, what? I (laughs) I do that? (laughs) And it is, it's powerful. These are the things that business owners don't know. You don't have to make all the same mistakes that everyone else has made. You can learn from them. This is why I love book mentors. I just uh, sent out to my social media lady a list of the top 10 books that I recommend every business owner read. Number one on the list is Good to Great by Jim Collins. Definitely. It was instrumental in helping me grow my business because it helped me get the right people on the bus. He talks about the hedgehog concept. And it's simply three things. What are you the most passionate about? What can you be the best in the world at? How do you make money with it? 
the intersect of those three things is really where business owners aren't sure about what they're doing. You always hear, well, if you're passionate about it, go figure out how to make money with it. But just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean you're going to be the best in the world at it, right? Gillette, best in the world at a shave. I, I can't remember what their motto is. As you can tell, I don't use razors. <laughs> Neither. Well, not right? those ones. <laughs> Jim Collins, Gillette was one of the companies that he looked at. There's a difference between the businesses that do okay mm-hmm. and the businesses that do 10x returns. The ones that do 10x return comes down to leadership. Yeah. It's a servant style leadership. My army military background, that's command and control style leadership. You do what I say. When I tell you to jump, you are in the air already when you say how high. <laughs> yes, that's sir. Yeah. The real true leaders, the ones that change their companies and change the world and make a huge difference are the ones that walk through their organization and inspire their people. The first person I ever heard of used the 3P bottom line was Suzanne West. And, and being that you're from Calgary, you probably know who Suzanne West was. She ran the Imaginate Energy, which was going to be Canada's first green oil and gas company. Yeah, and, and She was taken from us way too early. I had the amazing privilege to get to meet with her on several occasions, uh, one-on-one in her glass office. She was the first one I ever heard talk about three Ps, people, planet and profits. Her organizational structure was not a command and control style structure. It was a tribe style structure where, hey, everyone here is adults. We don't need to tell you when to be at the meeting. You know, there's a meeting, you show up. (laughs) Plain and simple. This is what's really important about organizations is the leadership breeds the culture. The culture attracts the people. Mm -hmm. If you have this leadership like Suzanne Westhead, can I help you do your job easier Instead of, how come you haven't got that done yet? There's a big difference there. One inspires empowerment. One inspires growth. The other one beats them over the head. Somewhat belittling, eh? You want to work there? There's a state of fear. In North America, we have this space of, oh my God, I got to go to work. or, Or I'll lose my job. This fear hanging over you all the time. Well, what kind of life do you have? I argue this all the time with my clients. Stop paying your employees two weeks paid vacation. Offer them something bigger. You want them to be engaged in your business. You want them to enjoy coming to work. Replicate what they're doing in Germany. Comes down to productivity. A brand new employee in Germany gets eight weeks paid vacation and two weeks of personal days. So that means he gets 10 weeks off throughout the year. How is it that Germany is one of the most productive countries in the world? Maybe because they care about their people. (laughs) Their staff have this work-life balance. They can go and enjoy their life, go on a vacation and come back. And guess what happens? They show up at work engaged. Yeah. They want to be there. What happens to an employee's productivity when he wants to be at work and he's engaged? 100%. When they're grumpy and they're grumbling, when the culture is bad, when the morale is bad, do you get a full day's work out of an employee? I think they're overshadowed by the fact that they are feeling like they're in a dictatorship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the leadership, that leadership from the top down. So if you want to create a business where you have an impact in the world, Mm -hmm. you need to look at how you lead your people. As leaders, we all need to be on top of our game. We need to be, be the best that we can be, not only for our families, for our organization, but for those that are counting on us. 
I think that's wonderful. One of the big things about building businesses is the relationships. Business owners can't ever do it on their own. You pick any successful person, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they didn't get there by themselves. They had a team, a team that they encouraged, like the team at Apple. Who, who would want to have a culture like Apple does? Or Zabel, <laughs> right? You have to have intentionality. I'm working with a client right now who has realized that his culture sucks. He's got that when the cat's away, the mice will play type culture. He's had to fire some people and he's thinking about firing everyone and starting again. But his busy season's coming up. So what does he have to do? We got a pile of work in front of us, but he does know he needs to change and he does know he needs to be a better leader. And that's where it starts. That's where the impact comes in. Yeah. Tell me about this wonderful product that you've got launching. Because of all the stuff that I've gone through, all the business owners I've talked to over the years, the lessons that I've learned, the research that I've done, we've come up with a program that will help a business owner create predictability in his business. The name of the program is the Business Acceleration Masterclass, and it starts with foundations. We go back to all the football, the Super Bowl coaches, when they're asked and interviewed, hey, how did you turn your team around? How'd you make it work? And every one of those coaches, they all say, we went back to the foundations, the fundamentals. And most business owners don't understand what those are. So we've created this program, Six Pillars, that cover those fundamentals. 22-week training session, it's essentially set up so that you watch some videos, uh, short, you know, 15 to 45-minute videos, do a short workbook, a quick quiz. Then you'll come join me and four or five or six other business owners in a cohort, and we'll talk about how to implement what you just learned if you're struggling with that process. We'll go through that for the whole 22 weeks. If they're local to Alberta and they're a business owner that has four or less employees, including themselves, the, the program qualifies for the Canada Alberta Job Grant. Some wonderful information for the listeners. Thank you, Wes. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here today. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Online for Authors podcast. If you've liked the episode, please share it as well as please leave a review. If you'd like to get involved in the program, there are links in the show notes for you to be able to access not only the program, the free book, but also the job grant. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.